Hello and welcome to the Filmmaking Stuff Podcast, where you'll get insider tactics on how to make, market, and sell your movie without the middleman. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome your host, LA-based motion picture executive, Jason Brubaker. Hey, filmmakers, Jason Brubaker with Filmmaking Stuff, talking to you from sunny Southern California. Uh, Joining us today is Amira Alvarez. She's the founder and CEO of The Unstoppable Woman. It's a global coaching company where she helps entrepreneurs, empire builders, athletes, creatives, and rising stars in all fields achieve their dreams and goals in record time. As someone who's made a quantum leap, going from barely making six figures to making $700,000 in one year, then on to seven figures and has lived to tell about it, Uh, She knows exactly what tactical strategies and mindset shifts are required to get out of your own way, live life on your own terms, and master the art of achieving any goal you set your mind to. I think as filmmakers, we always get stuck and we always get in our own way. Well, anyway, Amira, it's great to have you here. Thank you so much for having me, Jason. I'm super excited to be here. So you you kind of started out with nothing, uh, at least as your business is concerned, and then you got up to seven, uh, six figures, and then the the whole way on to seven figures. I mean, that's a pretty good milestone. Absolutely. So to, to dive into the numbers a little bit m- with more detail, and I'm, I'm happy to share these numbers because I think they, they help people understand what's possible and you might be doing better than this. You might be inspired by it. But my first year in business for myself, I made 30K and I was like, well, I can't really live on 30K. Let's step this up a little bit. So the second year in business, but I was proud of myself. I have to say, I was starting from nothing, 30K. Second year in business, I tripled my income. I made 90K. I was going for that six-figure mark. It didn't quite get there, but I was really proud of myself. And then my third year in business, I made 138K. And that felt like I crossed that milestone, that mythical six-figure mark that felt really good as a solo entrepreneur to have crossed. And yet I was just working crazy hours and I had a monkey on my back and a tiger chasing me all the time. And it was really stressful. I loved what I did and I was committed to it and I was passionate and I was going to persevere. But my only tactic really was work harder. And that wasn't, that wasn't sustainable. You know, I was already working 12, 14, 16 hour days. And although I do believe in work ethic, that kind of effort isn't, um, it's not sustainable over the the long run. And it wasn't going to allow me to really scale. Like if my one strategy was work harder, you can't double your, the 12 hours you're working and survive and double your income that that doesn't scale that way. So I had to really look at a different approach to how I was growing my business. And that's when I uh, made that what I consider a quantum leap going from 138 to 700k in one year, and, and then the company's gone on to pass seven figures after that. And, and a lot of what I learned in doing that is is absolutely what I teach my clients coach my clients on this methodology for closing the gap on time in terms of how quickly you can achieve your goals. Uh, Most people take longer than um, is required and then wonder how come their life is passing them by 
I'm so smart. I'm so talented. Why isn't this working for me? At least that was my story. And I know that a lot of creatives, you know, people who are putting projects together in the film industry, they have this raw talent. They have great ideas, but it's taking them longer than they want to accomplish their goals, whatever their goals are. It might be um, less about the financial number there, but more about, you know, I want to produce this film or the, I want my film to be, um, you know, have this kind of box office revenue. I want these kinds of uh, uh, talent in the, the, the film or a particular person to direct it. They might have other goals, but how do you achieve that faster than you, you ever thought possible? Well, that's the that's thing. what I help people do. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say that's the thing. I mean, you mentioned about not having a whole lot of time in a day, and and uh, you know, I I know a lot of the folks in our audience they're they're juggling uh, a job outside of the film industry. They're trying to keep their eye on the prize, and sometimes they're just darn tired. Uh, on top of that, you got all sorts of fear coming at you. What if my projects suck? What if I'm not good enough? Uh, what if I'll never make it? What if this is all one big joke and I'm wasting my life? I mean, these are all things, by the way, that I'm, I'm speaking from experience because these are all the things that I've said to myself before um, and, and things that I've, owned, I've tried to overcome. But, you know, the reason why I was asking you about your own business at the beginning is, is I think there's always a, a really, I, I think all filmmakers are entrepreneurs to a certain extent because we're all kind of doing the same things, trying to get these things made that feel impossible, like we're pushing a boulder up a hill. But can you take a step back here? Like, I think you really hit something too about mindset and, and, and you know, like I said earlier, getting out of your own way. What kind of advice do you have, like just out of the gate? Like, you know, how do you go from really working your butt off in a job that you don't necessarily like to trying to overcome all that to get where you want to go? Yeah. So, so there's a whole methodology to that. I'm going to give you a couple of the first steps. I think that would be really a useful place to start. So the first thing is you've got to really get clear on your goals. And I like to phrase this in terms of like, what do you really want? What is the crazy big ass goal that you're going for? The thing that seems so wildly audacious and like, almost impossible, except it's got you hooked. It's got your heart involved in it. And you just really want that. What is that? And you can't look at industry standards. You can't look at what other people say is possible. You can't look at what's reasonable. You have to go with that thing that got, has you like just in love with it. It's a burning desire. I must do this. That thing, that's what you need to, to hold on to. And it may seem it's highly impossible, totally impossible, crazy, but that's how you know you're on the right track, actually. So, so there's three types of goals. There's, there's a sideways goal, which is doing what you've always done. There's a step goal, which is just doing something reasonable that seems like, okay, I could achieve that. I can see that happening for myself. Um, but it doesn't stretch me that much. And then there's a stretch goal, which you can see happening for yourself in so much as the desire is there, your heart's involved in it, but you don't know how you're going to get there. You can't actually see the path. And I know programs like what you uh, put on show people the path. And then there's the mindset piece to it. 
that, that happens when you actually claim that desire, when you say I'm doing this no matter what, and, and you get really clear on what that is and you become emotionally invested in it, then the ways and the means come in the, how starts like just downloading to you. Creatives have this a lot. Think of how you write a script. Sometimes it's methodical. You have a structure, but oftentimes your best ideas, they just come as these divine downloads, these, these hits. And this is what you'll get when you claim a bigger goal. Your, your mind will start focusing on, okay, he wants to go here or she wants to go there. How are we going to do that? And it will start bringing you the ways and the means. And then you must become a quick decider and you must say yes to those ideas right away and not say, oh, that's great. I'll call that person next week. That investor, that person that so-and-so introduced me to, let me put that on my calendar for next Friday when I'm more prepared. No, you pick up the phone right then and there. You make the call, you send the email, you take that immediate action. And, and that, if you keep doing that, if you stay the course with your goal, you come up with a plan and, and then you take immediate action on those downloads, it's amazing what can happen for you. There's a lot more to it, but that's a good, a good place to start. Yeah, I, I think about that and, and I think it's good in theory, right? And I'm just sort of thinking back on some of my more heavy days where I had a lot of self-doubt and stuff. And I'm sure I'm speaking for some of our listeners, but I think we all know like, oh my gosh, we got to believe it before we see it and those kinds of things. But what do you do when you're really, really stuck in a rut? Like, you know, this has been a very challenging year. I'm sure I don't have to tell you that. And a lot of dreams, you know, have been put on the back burner. You kind of know it's there, but you're just like, man, this is just impossible. What am I doing? How do you even overcome that? Yeah, you have to, you have to be so in love with what you want that you'll do it no matter what. Okay. So I think it's a little bit of a litmus test in some ways. Now, I also have a lot of tactics that I teach about how to talk to yourself, right? There's the voice in your head that's talking to you, right? You're listening to it. It's saying, why should I even bother? This isn't working. I need to do something else. This will never happen. Look what's happened to the industry, all of that, right? And yet you're in that role, you are a follower. You are just listening to yourself. Instead, start speaking to yourself. Start using the, the law of relativity says everything just is until we, we ascribe meaning to it. And what meaning are you going to ascribe to this situation? And you need to take control of your thinking, of your mind, of your, where your mind is set by speaking to yourself. So being an active voice, actually, this gives me a whole lot of time to work on my, my project. This allows me to focus on networking. This allows me to build connections and slow down in this area. This allows me not to have to drive through traffic anymore. Wow. What an opportunity. I just saved 10 hours a week. Right. And you just keep talking to yourself with a clear intention of seeing it from a perspective that's going to benefit you rather than one that's going to cut you down. And would you say like you, you, in a sense, you, you kind of have to brainwash yourself to think better about yourself. Is it, 
That's that might not be how you would describe it, but that's what I'm hearing. Absolutely, about yourself and about yeah. your circumstance, both. And and one of the big things here, Jason, is that the way we see all circumstances that we experience, all conversations, all you know, events in this world, all of our environment, we experience it through our senses, but our subconscious programming, our belief structure, our identity and self-image is what determines what we make out of the, that information that's coming into us from the outside through our senses. Okay. And if our self-image is one of someone who, let's say, never gets ahead or always has to struggle or is always disappointed, right? And that was mapped very young when you were a child and it, and it served you at the time. But now it's the lens through which you see, you know, the experience of 2020, right? And you, then you don't see it as an opportunity. You see it as the world is against me. So fundamentally there is talking to yourself and changing the, the dialogue in your head, but then there's also reprogramming your subconscious, your subconscious, meaning your beliefs about yourself, the world and others, and, and fundamentally your self-image and your, your identity. I know a lot of people talk about their morning routines and, and it's almost in some ways become a cliche, but would you say that that's a time to do it where you just kind of give yourself a lot of affirmations? So the talking to myself, and I know that sounds a little crazy when you say it out loud. Oh, you talk to yourself. Hmm. Maybe she's yeah. a little crazy. Not, not too crazy. I, I do it all the time. <laughs> okay. And most people have whole conversations in their head, but it's that, that small voice that's leading it. And, and you're not being consciously in charge of the conversation and, and speaking truth to the, the doubt, the worry, the fear, the, the cray cray that's going on in your, your head. Um, so I do that all day long. And I do that, especially when something uh, big comes up, you know, bigger challenge comes up. Most of the time I'm in a pretty good perspective, but um, when I was first starting this process, it was like a, a consistent thing throughout the day. So I use it now only when big things come up or maybe I'm triggered by something. And then in terms of mornings, I, I love my morning routine it's changed over the years, but I am someone who uh, it really has, a, it's sacred to me. And I, I am a beat the sun kind of gal. I wake up super early uh, so that I can have a good, you know, hour and a half to two hours to myself in the morning before I open email, before I do any engagement with my team or with uh, clients or customers or uh, you know, any of that, that sort of stuff. And, and that involves different things at different times, you know, including exercise and meditation. And, um, I'm in a meditation phase right now. I'm not always in a meditation phase, but, uh, it's, it's important to me to, to have that morning clarity. Yeah. And, and that's really where you kind of start the day and you start thinking these good thoughts and, and I, I don't mean to harp on this because I know you have some, some really practical tips for people that are pitching projects and that kind of stuff. But I thought, you know, one of the things you were talking about early was this mindset. And, and it's like, again, speaking 
for some for myself and some of the times that I've hit some real challenges mentally. It's, it's funny because it all it all really does come out of your point of view. And it's funny on some days when you're kind of not in the best mood, you know, you, you, you'll see something probably happens every day, but, but you'll, the way that you'll think about it to yourself, the way that you'll, uh, you know, your worldview on that particular day will be negative, but then the same thing happens like two days later when you're in a really happy mood and, and it doesn't even phase you. I don't know what that thing is, by the way, but I'm just. <laughs> yeah. And, and the thing that I think is really important is not to, to check your phone. You know, we all have our phone by our bedside for, you know, alarms or to know what time it is or just in case of an emergency or whatever. Uh, I keep it off and on silent until I'm ready to start moving around, which is usually when I get up to take my dog out. But when I look at my phone, when I've done that, because of course I've done that, we've all done that first thing in the morning and something, um, you know, something's blowing up in your business or your life. And, you know, it comes through as a text or a email, you're instantaneously in reactive mode versus being in a much better place where you can be responsive. You've already done some, you know, clear thinking about what your goals are. One of the things I teach my clients to do first thing in the morning is, you know, we have a, a mastermind where I, I take people through a, a whole creation playbook where they then review that playbook every morning so that they're constantly re-falling in love with not just their big dreams and their big purpose and their big goals, but also breaking it down to the 30, 60, 90 in a very 90 day, just to be clear about what I mean there, uh, goals in a very clear way. And then we look at what habits they need to have in place to do those goals and then what beliefs would need to be in place to be someone who took those daily habits. And when you look at that first thing in the morning, you, you just reaffirm, yes, this is who I am. Yes. This is what I'm doing. Yes. This is what I'm about. As opposed to that old self image that keeps you playing small and, and quite frankly, self-sabotaging. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? It's like, how do we think bigger? Um, even through the years, I, I struggle with this. Things that I'm doing now used to be my big goals. And then sometimes I find myself like, well, what's next? What am I going to do next? And, and um, you know, there's times where my mind's just distracted or, or I'm, I'm overwhelmed in some other area of my life. And, and it's really hard for me to break free of that. I feel like I'm, I'm doing a whole therapy session with you, but I'm, I'm talking for other people too. It's like... <laughs> But it's like, how do, you, how do you break free? And, and I guess it goes back to what you were saying earlier. You just got to remember, you got to remember why you love it. Um, and I think that's really good. Yeah. I mean, the, the thing is that we have this self-image and it's going to limit what it allows you to go for in this world until you change it. And it, it, we have something called a cybernetic mechanism. In a cybernetic, every human being has this, a cybernetic mechanism is generally thought of as like a thermostat in your house. You set it to 70 degrees. If it goes up to 75, the AC starts kicking on and cooling it down. If it yeah. goes down to, to 65, the heat kicks on and goes up. And we have a mechanism like that ourselves as humans. And if we go too far up, right? If we start making our goals 
and like becoming someone who is different than who we think we are, we've reached 75 or 80, that cybernetic mechanism will come click in to bring you back down to size, quote unquote. And that means you have the same emotional patterns um, come up that cause you to feel bad some days. So you're less motivated and less energized to do your work. They, it'll cause you to be distracted. It will cause you to procrastinate. It will cause you not to take the action on what you, what, you know, you need to do the needle moving action to get to that next level. It will cause you, as you said, to be confused about what your next level goal is. That's a, that's a perfect example of how this works. And so you, this play between like tapping into that bigger goal, that, that grandiose vision that comes to you in a split second before you go into the denial phase about it, holding on to that and then developing a self-image that allows you to achieve that and then putting that on repeat, that's an amazing process. It really is. And I mean, every, everything that you've said so far, I feel like we could spend all day talking about it and unpacking it and all these kinds of things. Um, so I'll, I'll just try to summarize and, and forgive me if I'm oversimplifying what you just said, but it almost sounds like, you know, the way I would describe what you mentioned um, on the negative side is fear of success. Is, is that kind of accurate? Yes, I think that simplifies it for sure. But that fear of success people don't often, so some people have a conscious awareness of a fear of success that might look like if I'm successful, am I going to lose all my friends? Are they going to think I'm uh, too big to hang out with them? Are they going to be mad at me? Is my, is my partner, my life partner uh, going to grow with me? Or are we going to grow apart? These are all sort of the conscious level fears of success, but Many people don't have a conscious fear like that, and yet they keep hitting an upper limit, a, a, an invisible barrier that they can't cross. And they keep repeating the same patterns over and over again, and they can't see it for themselves. It's like, I don't know, did you ever have a, a, a friend who kept dating the same type of person over and over again, and they were just the worst fit for them? And they just, every, but every time they... They, they started a new relationship. It was the same, you know, prototype, if you will, right? The same yeah. type of person. And you could see it. You're like, oh my God, you're doing it again. But they can't see it. They're in this automatic pattern. And yet the result is that there's, you know, in the same sort of dysfunctional relationship. Well, that's the same thing in your business. And if you see that you're, you know, putting the effort in, you've got great ideas. Um, it's not like you're staring at your belly button, but you keep getting the same results and you're not actually getting those next, next, next level results. Then you've got to look at, oh, am I running a program, right? Am I running a program that's based on who I see myself to be that I am completely unaware of. And that that's a blind spot for most people. They, they don't know how to even unpack that, but when you can, then you can, you can reprogram yourself. You can change that and, and actually run a different program, if you will. Yeah. That and get different a, results. Absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. And then, and then I'm just trying to think about, 
you know, practical takeaways that we could leave with the listeners. And as you're talking, and I know before this call, we talked a little bit about how you can help people network and stuff, but I'm, I'm starting to put two and two together. I have a belief, and, and you may have a different opinion of it, but I really believe that one of the things that you can do practically whenever you're stuck in a rut is find some people that are already doing what you want to do and just hang out with them more. Um, so you kind of become the people you spend the most time with. Would you agree with 100%. that as a, as a tactic? It sounds like you would agree with that. 100%. It's, it's so important to be, you know, be the, the small fish in the, the big pond, right? Be, be this, the, the little minnow in the ocean and put yourself with the big guns, right? If you will, with people who have already done what you're doing. And it's important to know who those people are. are ha have they done what you want to do already? And then when I, when I ask people, you know, when people are thinking through like whether they would be, you know, working with me would be a good idea. Well, I oftentimes haven't, you know, I have clients who are landscapers. I have clients that are lawyers. I have clients that are creatives, filmmakers, like the whole gamut. So I'm not going to have done that job before, but I've done the act of achieving your goals in a massive way quickly before. And that's that. So you have to, you know, figure out what you're trying to achieve. And are you putting yourself in the room with people who are actually doing that, whether it's a um, group of colleagues or someone you're, you're hiring to, to help you, a mentor or a coach, you, you want to look for, have they done what you want to be doing? Yeah. And, that, and that's always the thing too, is like, sometimes um, you look at those people and, the, and you feel like, like not necessarily like mentors and coaches, which I think are incredibly valuable by the way, but, but people that might, we're talking about Hollywood and the movie industry, like people that might feel or seem a little bit inaccessible like why would they want to take my call you know going back to what you said before about that you have that vision of what you need to do right now but then you just bury it in your own story like can you talk about networking and, and just trying to overcome some of those fears and, and before before you hop into that too I, i'll just say you know I, I meet with a lot of different people um, that are building their film career and a lot of times it's easier for these folks to just buy some camera gear and throw it in their closet because that feels like progress but really the progress comes when you're able to like level up your career and meet people as we just talked about that are playing a bigger game, but how do you get to those people? Yeah. So great question. So one, you pick up the phone, you put yourself in the environment of them. You send emails, you text, whatever it takes, right? You, you figure it out, but there are a couple of, of key points here. One, start with giving. And I don't mean solicitous giving. I don't mean, um, you know, just, you know, trying to buy someone off kind of giving. I'm talking about really thinking about the human being, who, you're t who you want to get connected with, and what would be the, the, what could you do to help them, help their career, help their life? Um, what would benefit them? And if you can think of it as being of service to someone first, like how can I serve first and come with that energy? And, and it might take more than one time doing this, but you, 
people, if, if you give without asking for anything in return, over time, they will start trusting you and want to help you. It's just human nature. It just is, it's, it's the law of reciprocity. So that's one, one sort of mindset and perspective uh, to, to take. But in addition, you have to, one of the things that I, I really love teaching is the impression of increase. And this is something that I got from a fabulous book called The Science of Getting Rich by Wallace Waddles. And everyone can go find that book. It's a fabulous book, Run, Don't Walk. And he talks about the impression of increase. And this is the idea that, that you want to, whether you're going to the grocery store or down the elevator in your apartment or walking your dog or in a pitch meeting or on the phone or wherever you are, you want to be an advancing person. You want to be someone that exudes the energy of helping people have more life. So everyone, you, me, everyone, everyone wants to grow, wants more life. This is our directive. This is our human nature. We want to become more in this life. And yet we have things that stop us. We have problems, we have challenges, and you have something that can help people. And if you own that, and this is about self-ownership and really seeing your value and valuing yourself. If you own that, not with hubris, not with fake it till you make it, you know, just pumping yourself up. But if you truly own your value and you walk through this world, impressing upon others as you talk to them in your body language, how you move, that you can help them solve their problem they will want to do business with you. So you're thinking about them first. What is their problem? And then your energy needs to be someone who can solve their problems. And if you can walk into every conversation, every experience with that energy, people will start responding to you differently and asking you questions. And this isn't about not being humble. This isn't about being full of yourself, meaning in a negative way, like uh, hubris. Okay. But this is, this is about owning your value and you can be quiet doing that. You can be an extrovert doing that, but you have to exude that you can help people with what you do in this world, have more life. It's interesting you bring that up. One, one of the guys that we work with over here at Filmmaking Stuff, Tom Malloy, has raised a bunch of money for films and produced a bunch of films. Um, but he often talks about when he's going out for private investments, it's not necessarily the people in Hollywood that he talks to. It's people that are outside of Hollywood that are working in other, um, what, what they might describe as boring industries, like the guy that makes lids for water bottles, for example. And what he's able to do in terms of that value and speaking on Tom's behalf for the listeners is uh, he can serve as a conduit to the motion picture industry because for some people, that's a real big value because they've always wanted to explore that, but they're stuck in their own business right now. And they're looking for, um, you know, maybe a, a mental break from all that to do something creative and fun. And so it's interesting hearing you talk about that because I'm, you know, I'm kind of piecing two and two together in my mind, you know, asking them, well, what is that value? What is that value? And in what, in what you just said though, I also realized that things that other people find valuable 
and what we're doing every day, you meant if you're on the if you're on sort of the giving side, you might not even realize your own value. Yeah, it's a big deal for people. They take for granted what what value they provide, and they really need to see it. And they need to see how if someone else could be served by this, what would get to happen in their lives? What would what would be the benefit of that? And to follow that in a cause of benefits, right? And if that happened, what would be a, what would that mean to to that person and their family, their relationships, their finances, their mental and emotional well being? If they had the solution to your your if, if they had the solution that you were offering, what would get to happen for them? And and seeing what benefits you. Uh, create through what you do really helps you own your value. So that's a really practical tip. I, I would suggest people actually play that out, write that out. You know, if, if this film got produced or if I was able to, you know, help someone invest in a project that made them feel like they were doing something novel and great and creative, what would that do to their lives? Well, they would feel amazing, right? They would feel like, wow, my, my grinded out day job was worth it, right? Like I get to do something fun. They get to talk to their friends about being part of a, a film, right? Like there's all sorts of follow-up benefits there. Yeah, it's like you just need to, you just need to get it in your mind that, um, you know, kind of circ circ circling back to bookend this, you, you just really have to get in your mind, get that vision and um, understand your why. And, and it sounds like the how will come. Yes, the how does come. Now, it helps if you have some guidance on that or you're doing, you, you come up with some sort of plan so that you're not going in a gazillion different directions. And I know you help people with that a lot. And, and you know, it's one of the things I do as well. I help people come up with a, a business model for themselves, a structure that's simple enough that they can execute on it, but that gets them moving quickly. And then- the, the littler steps, the, the, the hows along the way in between, those just drop in as you, as you move forward. It's like when you're driving a car at night, you're like, think of like a, a windy road in the country, right? On, on a mountain, your headlights only shine 20, 30 feet in advance. But as you keep driving, you see the rest of the road because you've gotten that much further along. And that's how it works. Like you'll get the next step if you keep moving forward, when yeah, you I, keep moving forward. I really like that headlights analogy. Um, you know, it's funny. I think, I, I think I've heard something similar in the past and it might've even been Zig Ziglar or something, but he talked about that, you know, just kind of building off what you said, but you only need to see what 30, 40 feet in front of you to get across the entire country. And I think that's something yeah. we forget. Um, I can and it, it becomes like analysis paralysis, right? Like we have to create the whole plan and that's just a, a, a way of stopping, right? Because oh, you can't. <laughs> oh, 100%. I mean, I'm, I'm, again, so guilty of this because sometimes I'll let some really minute, stupid detail that I can't figure out get in the way of like the big picture. And it's so funny that I do that. I don't, I don't know if that's self-sabotage or if it's just, uh, you know, one of these patterns that you're talking about where I'm reaching the end of my uh, thermostat 
um, you know, my own concept of myself, but it's like, it, it's funny, you know, I'm, I'm a human being like everybody else and, and I'm constantly learning and trying to overcome these things as I'm sure you are. Um, but it's just so funny, you know, going back to what you said, sometimes you can see other people's patterns well before you can see your own. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And that's why you need someone outside of you to help you with your blind spots, because otherwise you keep repeating the patterns again and again and again. Um, Because by definition, we have these blind spots, these scotomas, and we can't see them for ourselves. Um, We're too, we're too in the, the pattern in the forest for the trees, right? In the, in the matrix or whatnot, like you just can't see outside of, outside of yourself. So it's very important to, to be able to break through on that front and, and start spotting your own patterns after, after you see what the blind spot is, you can't unsee it. And then you'll start seeing your patterns all the time. And then you do have to take different action. But once, once you know what's happening, it's so much easier to take different action. This is how to step out of self-sabotage. It's, it's tremendous. Well, and just as sort of a confidence boost as we're having this conversation, I'm also reminding myself that even though, you know, I'm really hard on myself about that next big thing that, that I'm going to do, you know, things that all of us accomplish. If you, if you look back on like some of the things that you've accomplished in your life, some of it at the time might have seemed like a little bit out of reach. And yet now you look back on it and it's like nothing. It's just kind of like what you're talking about in the sense that it just becomes your norm or your new normal, whatever that means. But, um, you know, being able to like constantly push yourself forward, but at the same time, think back on those times where you already overcame something challenging. Maybe there's a way to use that to build confidence for the next thing. I would absolutely agree. You, you need to see that you have transferable skills. You need to see that you've done something amazing already. And you need to hold yourself to a higher standard so that you're not just playing at the same level, but you know, I, I joke with my clients all the time about when I first started, it used to take me four days to write a newsletter, right? It, it was like, it had to be perfect. I didn't know what I was doing. It wasn't a technical issue. It was me. Like, I just was like so stuck in not wanting to say the wrong thing or mess it up. And it just took so long. And now I can write a newsletter in 15, 20 minutes. Uh, I also have you know, staff and team to help me with that. And then I just edit it. But even so, like what used to take me forever, I, it's just so easy now. So you're going to build your skills. You don't have to, you don't have to already be there. You just have to take that next step that's right in front of you, but do it quickly. How fast can you run the stairs, if you will? Well, it's really been great having you on the, on the show here today. I'm, like I, like I joked earlier, I mean, each one of these things we can unpack and talk for hours. And, and I'm sure there's a listener too that would love to talk to you for hours. Um, how would they get in touch with you if they ever wanted to have that conversation? Absolutely. So there's two ways. One, you can just go to our website. We have a bunch of free resources for people to play with, to download. Uh, you can find that at the unstoppablewoman.com slash free stuff. You'll find the link to our podcast where I do a ton of teaching on this stuff. Uh, we have a morning mindset club. We were talking about mindset. That's a whole free program that we, sh- we probably ought to be charging for, but we don't at least for right now. And it's, uh, takes you through the, the mindset that you need to step into exponential wealth 
and, and how to do that on the daily. So that's a really uh, great program and it's free and you can find it on that, that, uh, link the unstoppablewoman.com slash free stuff. And then if you want to have a conversation with me about coaching or about, you know, how to, how to break through your particular blocks, um, you can schedule a consultation with someone on our team. That's the unstoppablewoman.com slash next level is where you can find that strategy to scale consultation. So we'll, we'll just talk about where you're at and where you want to go and what it takes to get there. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for stopping by. You're so welcome. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening. This has been another episode of the Filmmaking Stuff podcast with Jason Brubaker. If you like our show and want to get more filmmaking info, make sure you check out filmmakingstuff.com and join us every week for new filmmaking tactics. Until next time, take action and make your movie now.